You are listening to the 10 Minute Entrepreneur Podcast with host Sean Castrina. Okay, I'm excited about today's podcast. I have an entrepreneur who's been in Silicon Valley for 20 years, founded four companies, and he just wrote the book, So You Want to Start a Startup Company in Silicon Valley. I have Ben Park with me today. Ben, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Sean. I like that that title. It pretty much gets to the point. So you want to start a company in Silicon Valley. Well, obviously, you've been yeah. doing this for, for quite a while. And so uh, you got some great victories you know, under your cap. What do you think makes Silicon Valley so different from everywhere else? Yeah, so I think there are three major issue, uh, reasons why Silicon Valley is so different. Um, one of the top one is education, obviously. Uh, we have Stanford, UC Berkeley around here, and it they produce a lot of engineers and marketing people who is steeped in startup culture. So... If you look at the, the statistics, the top two schools that produce founders of startups are from those two universities. So second is the, I call it hippie culture, which is the thinking outside of box, going against the mainstream kind of ideas that started from the 1960s in UC Berkeley, for example. So what happens is that when you think out of the box, you don't think like other people, so you tend to kind of come creative on things that you want to do. And the, the lastly is just the culture of diversity, which is now founded everywhere in the world, where a lot of the founders and co-founders are from overseas. And what happens then is that people who are not from this area works harder to learn the culture, language, whatever that you need, so that working hard becomes a like a standard, so to speak. So Work hard, live hard. It's like a you know model around here. Well, I, I think clearly you have probably the smartest ecosystem in the world. There, yes. Period. Period. I mean, let's just yeah. call just call it what it is. It'd be like if I was recruiting football players, I'm going to go down to Florida, Texas, Alabama. Okay, correct. That would be right. the correct. That that would you know if you could pick three spots, it wouldn't be a bad place to start. You can't go wrong with Stanford. You can't go yeah. wrong with <laughs> California, Berkeley. Uh, yeah. yeah. Because over it's, you know, you say that because I think the complete opposite is on the East Coast. When you think of Harvard and you think of Yale, their their business program is typically to create a manager position within a a pre-existing corporation. They just want a super smart person. And this kind of vets them, the MBA from Harvard, Yale, you know, whatever the case may be, an Ivy League school, where I think out on the West Coast, it's like, hey, listen, we don't want to work for anybody, preferably. And if we're going to work for somebody, I'm going to work for a startup because I know this person. Yes, and, and it is that I, we want to found something crazy. We want, we we want to you know you know as Steve Jobs said you know <laughs> you constantly you know we want to I forgot his incredible quote I I lost it there for a second you know about changing the world um, right but it is a different culture it is and I think the culture is what drives all these things happening but I got to tell you one thing is that in my entrepreneurship here in Silicon Valley that ninety five percent of people I meet are from somewhere else. I mean, internationally. So that also brings a lot of diversity and that has uh, you know, a lot of different ideas that comes through it as well. So so if you're helping a company and, and let's go back to like the companies that are being started in Silicon Valley, 
obviously, you know, you think of like Apple and things of that nature, but is it all tech companies? Well, not all of it. I mean, there's a, a very healthy dose of uh, um, life science companies here. You know, Genentech started in this area and so on and so on. But again, I think entrepreneurship, as you know, is better than anybody else. It's not just about high tech, right? But what we do here is a slightly different from, I think, most entrepreneurship around the world. And that the, one of the big thing is obviously is the uh, equity-based uh, funding, which is not often happens in other entrepreneurship. Like, for example, if you're opening a store uh, or you're running some kind of a consulting business, oftentimes you have to go get a loan, right, from either friends and family or from a bank or whatever to get it started. Here is where the idea of equity-based funding came from in 1950s when Arthur Rock, uh, infamous you know, uh, investment banker from New York funded the A people to leave um, to find the Fairchild Semiconductor. And that was start of the equity-based funding, which is very unique at the time because a lot of people had to mortgage their homes to start a lot of the companies in the previous to that. So driving me crazy. I'm actually on my phone looking for my Steve Jobs quote. I would oh, know it any other time. And I forget. it was <laughs> such an incredible quote. I've never done this in the podcast before. I actually pulled up my phone and go, what is that quote? Cause it was so Steve jobs. Like, <laughs> you know, it was going to, you know, right. if you're going to do something, you know, basically, you know, do it at this way. And I, I, I can't find it. Uh, it caught me off guard, but you're right because venture capital, they love Silicon Valley because yep. number one is they want a billion dollar company. Yes. Okay. To be frank with you, they, they want a billion. They want to start with a billion yep. and work their way up. Yep. And because they need one hit to cover the 10 losses they've had. Exactly. Yeah. And and a lot of that is driven by their business model. So for example, their typical fund runs between five to 10 years. So they have to return to their investors the money plus all the you know promised increase of the, uh, the the wealth within that five to 10 years. So their models differ because a lot of anywhere else, you tell somebody, oh, I have a business that'll return you 10 to 15% a year for next 10 years. Everybody goes, oh, I love it. And it's, you know, 80% certainty I'm going to do that. They love that kind of business. Here, those are shunned because they rather see the company within five to 10 years will double their, you know, revenue every three months for the next five years so they can sell the company and they get the VCs can now return the money back to the investors, right? So the business model, that's why this nine out of 10 failing companies is totally accepted by the VCs for that reason, because now they can make up with that one company, all the money they lost in that nine companies so they can pay back to their um investors it's a total it's a totally different model and yeah. you know i always say if you're going to bet on somebody bet on somebody smart who's willing to work 20 hours a day yeah exactly right absolutely i mean, I that's, mean that's a good that's formula a yeah exactly i mean give you just an example a friend of mine went to uh midwest somewhere to start a company because he thought that he heard that engineers i have the price out there right so oh i can hear twice as many engineers and so on and so on but he came back after two years because the culture was so different. People would work from nine to five and they go home, right? Here, you get something you got to do. You work 20 hours a day for a couple of weeks to get the, the release you need to get it done of software or whatever it may be. And that's like a, accepted. Again, work hard, play hard. 
Now the cult, the culture there is, you know, is you, you want to found a startup or you want to at least be a part of a startup. I mean, that is kind of built into the, the DNA. So what, yep. what is your advice? If somebody was going to start a tech company, yep. let's give them about five minutes of advice and then they can go read the book. Okay. So I think the biggest thing is that, um, I worked for a company called Counter Peripheral many years ago. They came out with a really incredible concept. Most of the company will start with, I'm going to do this product, develop the product. Then they produce it and they sell it. Finance Connor, the CEO, came up with this concept of selling it first and then producing it and then shipping it out. So. I think the, one of the things that the most underrated thing that people don't realize starting a high tech company is that you need to have a customers willing to buy something before you even start a project. I, I, I could not disagree with you more. I mean, I could not agree with you more. I was going to say, I, I, <laughs> I had a company, yeah, it kind of caught my brain on that because I was, I was thinking about that is because it's counterculture. Everybody thinks yeah. the opposite. Exactly. They, I, I, I was going to start a company and I, was like, okay, I can put an office out there. And I, I literally thought about how I could do it. And then I said to myself, why don't I pre-sell everything as if I have an office out there? I bought them, you know, at the time it was like a UPS store, but it was mailbox, et cetera. So you could get like suite 101. And I had, I, I bought a phone number out there that got forwarded. Everything looked like we were there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and I, and I figured, Hey, worst case scenario, I could tell people, our, our response has been better than what I thought. And we're going to, we're a couple weeks behind, but I'm like, or I can go out there and lose all this money, have no interested buyers. If I had a, a problem between one or two, I want the, you know, the other problem being able to, you know, push things back a little bit and scale it as, you know, run it as fast as I can get everything together. Then I put something out there and I have crickets. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's, if you look at the statistics that one of the top two, Reasons why startups fail is number one is usually not enough money <laughs> raised, obviously. But second is not having the market. So my advice to a lot of these companies when I mentor them is say, hey, listen, are you sure you have, I mean, here's what I say. If you can get something in writing, right? Even if it's just like a, a contingent PO or letter of intent or something from your customer, your journey to getting your funding becomes 10 times easier. The pre-sale is is work back from a pre-sale. Exactly. So I, I, and I think that's one of the things most underrated by the startup founders because they think engineering more so than marketing. And they also think that they have the mousetrap instead of asking and seeing what mousetrap actually sells. No, it's okay. I, I think this might be it, but why don't you put it out there and see? which one they actually gravitate towards we we you know that thing founders always fall in love with their own mousetrap and yeah. they and they try to jam it on the marketplace right and and i tell them this is the way you should look at it you have a technology so if you, when you have a technology you add the market segmentation who you want to go sell to that becomes a product but the product itself doesn't sell you have to now add to that a what um, value proposition to your customer, you know, and what, what do you offer? That becomes a solution. So what you're selling is a solution, not a product or technology. And again, a lot of the, the tech CEO tend to 
not understanding that. And that's where a lot of the companies fail because they don't have a customer ready to buy. Exactly. And, you know, there, and nothing is more, I, I always tell entrepreneurs when they get started, nothing, the scariest thing is when the phone doesn't ring or you don't have those sales in your computer. You know, when you go to your computer, you go to your emails, like that is right. the hardest problem to fix. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So what's your next piece of advice? So next piece of advice is that you have to understand the difference between knowing your customer and knowing your pain customer, right? Because oftentimes the people who say, oh, yeah, I really like your product. I want to buy it. Doesn't pay the bill. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, I've seen so many times where, you got, for example, government and their software development. I mean, you know, employment, right? I mean, people have to use their software uh, solutions. And the users hate them. But the companies who targeted didn't target the users. They targeted the CFO or the controller of the organization. And they're the one benefited from this. And that's what the marketing is all about, you know? I found my Steve Jobs quote. <laughs> oh, there I've been looking for eight minutes. It's been driving me crazy. <laughs> Things have to change the world to be important. I mean, you got to go for something, you know, really crazy big. Exactly. No, that's absolutely true. All right. Yeah. After my eight minutes of Google search, why I probably messed up on uh, on saying something, you know, my, my comment just a few minutes ago about uh, agreeing with you or disagreeing. <laughs> um, it, I, I think that, you know, just in general, the, the biggest difference, I think, in Silicon Valley than anywhere else probably is in Silicon Valley, they're going for a business at a scale so much greater than what everybody else is thinking. I, I it, when I think of any, it's like what's built out there is the, you know, go big or go home. Right. Exactly. Right. And, and that's why it's encouraged there is that, Hey, you know, because the return of the venture capitalists and others are depending on depends on revenue, there's profit becomes a secondary issue. Whereas most of the other parts of the world, profit is very important. You don't want to be profitable. But in, in a Silicon Valley model, higher the revenue, more higher valuation is, which means more money you're going to get back when you sell the company. So that's what the driven focus is so that what we call hockey stick uh, yeah. revenue is what they're looking for is something that grows enormously. Yeah. They would make Jim Collins, you know, cringe, you know, built to last. It's the complete yeah. opposite. Right, exactly. Built to right. sell. <laughs> it's built yeah, to built sell. Built to sell. Exactly. Yeah, completely right. different model. I have Ben Park with me here today. He wrote the book, So You Want to Start a Company in Silicon Valley. How can my audience connect with you? Here's a person who's got experience in Silicon Valley. So if you if you have any interest in a business, you know, that's tech and or what we're talking about, clearly I have no help to give you other than maybe I can spell the word tech. So how can they connect with you, Ben? So the best way at this point is to send me an email. It's Ben Park, B-E-N-P-A-R-K, at blueoaksv, as in siliconvalley.com. Well, we'll make sure we have that in the show notes. And we wish you well with your book. And I appreciate you coming on the podcast today. You actually allowed us to talk about businesses that we haven't talked about probably in about a year and a half, Silicon Valley, billion-dollar businesses. You know, you opened, you know, kind of opened the window to just the whole next level of entrepreneurship because you know realistically they're you know look statistically they're they're ha you know if business owners made a hundred thousand dollars they'd be happy a lot of them and we're right you know we're talking a lot more zeros 
Well, thanks for having me. No, it's, it's great to have fun. you. Great to have you. Again, I had Ben Park with me. The book is So You Want to Start a Company in Silicon Valley. His email is also going to be in the show notes. Hey, that's huge. If you can reach out to somebody who's already done it. I've always said, if you want to learn how to do something, find somebody who already did it. And get them instead of get them to take you on the journey, uh, you know that they went on, and they'll tell you what worked and what didn't work. It's it's just such an easier formula for success. I want to thank you for listening. The podcast is brought to you by Gig Strategic. As you know, I'm going to tell you it's the best digital marketing company for small businesses, and it is. Thank you for listening. We will talk again soon.